Welcome everybody back to the Oklahoma Drill Podcast. I am your host, Andrew, and as always, I got my co-host Matt here with me. We are continuing right along with our position review of the New York Jets during the 2023 offseason, getting a handle on this roster, position by position, seeing where they stand, who they've added, who they've lost, what they still need to do, and wrapping it all up with some draft prospects ahead of the 2023 draft. Continuing right along here, Matt, we are on the linebacker position today, a position that is very crucial to the New York Jets defense, uh, Jets coaching staff, very centered around coaching the position, a lot of linebacker influence from defensive coordinator Jeff Ulbrich and head coach Robert Sala as well. And they've had one move so far and they're uh, in free agency. So if you want to call it that, they've retained one of their own. Quincy Williams come back, uh, comes back on a three-year deal leading off the group. Looking at their current uh, roster right now, a linebackers, there's Quincy Williams, as I mentioned, CJ Mosley, the longtime vet Mike Backer, and then backing up, we have Jamie and Sherwood, uh, Hamza Nasraldine, and Chaz Surratt rounding out the group. Matt, to start off here, there really is just one guy that we need to immediately highlight, and that's current free agent Quan Alexander, a guy that signed a one-year deal in the uh, middle of last summer, joined the team on late and played a, a very important role throughout most of the season as an early down starter and as a backup for Quincy Williams when they would go to their nickel sets. As a current free agent, there's no guarantee that he's going to be brought back. There's been a handful of weeks into free agency at this point. The Jets made it a, a very clear priority to get Quincy Williams back, brought him back before free agency started. Quan is still up in the air, and we're still waiting to see where he goes. But this is going to be the biggest domino that needs to fall first. Yeah, uh, and it really it's really all about what, they, what the Jets want to do going forward. Uh, do they want to keep bringing in vets that know the system to just kind of buy time? Uh, or are they going to look towards the draft for somebody to kind of fill his role or somebody to develop? If they go to the developmental route, maybe they do bring him back uh, or another vet. Uh, right now, I think Quan is uh, a, a prime candidate to bring back. Uh, it sounds like they really want to just run the back the same defense that we had last year, that we had so much success with. And uh, Quan was a big part of that. He stayed uh, relatively healthy for the entire year, too. And even though he was in a limited role, uh, he was effective. He was effective against the run, and he is kind of known for his uh, abilities and coverage. Uh, although they, it seemed like they kind of favored Quincy in that role. Uh, but he's no slouch there either. So I, I it, really, Quan is the guy if, if we're going to do that. And if we don't bring back Quan, then that kind of sets the stage for what they want to do uh, in the draft uh, come April, uh, late April. So, and then you also have to factor in what's going to happen with CJ next year. Also, uh, are they kind of uh, w using Sherwood at, to put him in the wings to kind of take the reins once CJ's gone? Uh, do they wind up just keeping CJ another year at a really high price? Um, Next year's kind of the year when they can finally move on if they want. Uh, so it, I, I could see that happening. So really, we need to start thinking about the future and just looking at guys like CJ and Quan uh, as the mainstays going forward is just not something we should be doing. So even if we do bring Quan back, even if we do keep uh, CJ another year, we still need to be looking towards the future. Uh, uh, I believe our coaches have said multiple times that this defense is not an easy one to pick up uh, and usually takes a year or two uh, to really, you know, settle in and get your bearings. So I, if we're going to find somebody for the future, uh, it's 
we should do it now and not have to draft somebody and expect them to be a full-time starter right away uh, and really understand the nuances of this defense. Uh, so there's a lot of decisions to be made. I don't expect a move for Quan uh, to be done anytime soon. Uh, I think that they're really focusing now on Rodgers and center and defensive tackle. I think linebacker will will make itself known. Uh, probably uh, they'll, they'll probably make this decision before we get to draft night. Whether they will see what they can get in the draft uh, and then make an informed decision uh, going forward with Quan uh, based off of what they do. Yeah, it really is all going to come down to Quan Alexander and what happens with him because they need. Uh, it's not quite a starter in the sense that you would think of a normal starter that's playing close to 100% of snaps on defense and is in on every play. Uh, linebackers, it's a little more situational. You see slot corners come in and you know linebackers go out. And it just depends on formation of the offense. But with how much nickel uh, and five defensive back sets that is played in the NFL right now, you have two linebackers that really are your main 100% starters. And then you have a third guy that's the base set going to come off the field in nickel packages, but be really important in those base sets for those percentage uh, snaps. And that's Quan for the Jets. Not having him in that role then opens up a lot of questions. Is Jamie and Sherwood ready to fill in and play, even if it's a part starter role? A guy I've been a huge fan of for years, uh, and I've been personally waiting very closely and intently for this guy to get an opportunity to play. And we were talking before we started recording, Matt, but quite honestly, it's going to be a pretty big indictment and not in a good way on Jamie and Sherwood. If Quan is not brought back and the Jets either go out and try and find another veteran on the cheap or use a decently high pick on a linebacker to fill that spot, it's not going to say too many good things for Sherwood going forward. But let's operate in the in the scenario here where we think Sherwood has a chance to be the future after CJ Mosley. And eventually he is going to take that role and be the, the starting Mike linebacker. We're going to have Quincy for the next three years at outside. They still need that other body in that Quan role. And they're going to have to fill that in one way or another. Uh, we agree here, Matt, that we think the best way to do that would be to look for the future and try and draft somebody now that can come in, get a year or two of learning the system under their belt, and then be ready to take over and play another, however much further down the line when they're a little more well-prepared. Because looking at the rest of the free agent market, there's really only two guys that are currently free agents that could fill Quan's role if he were to not be brought back. And that's Deion Jones, who's uh, formerly of the Cleveland Browns, and Anthony Barr, formerly of the Cowboys. Both guys with experience in the system, both played under um, both played under Jeff Ulbrich, actually, now that I think about it. You had Deion Jones, who played under Jeff Ulbrich in Atlanta when he was a linebacker coach and defensive coordinator with the Falcons for a handful of years. And Anthony Barr, when he was in college at UCLA, was actually coached by Jeff Ulbrich there at UCLA. So there's connections. There's guys that know the scheme, probably not going to be overtly expensive. But the question now comes, what happens with Quan? And is he brought back? Is he going to be able to be retained? Is he going to be let go? Because I think the Jets' best case or best plan of action, quite honestly, is just bring back Quan. Have a guy you already know in the system, and then you can push that linebacker pick maybe even a little further down the board. Look for a depth piece. Look for a guy that maybe you expect to grow and, and learn the system as time goes on, but not going to be somebody who need, can start right away or really early. 
I'm I'm hoping they bring Quan back because they're the free agent pickings don't necessarily excite me. And as much as I like some of these draft guys, I think they're going to be the ones that I really like are going to be gone before the Jets should be picking a linebacker. I agree. Yeah, it's we, we, we just need to we, we need to kind of stem the, the tide for this year with a vet like Quan and then look towards the future with the draft, whether it's uh, well, we kind of just need to pick our spots because there is talent in this draft uh, throughout the entire process, whether it's uh, for looking in the early second with Campbell, uh, or even a little bit later in the draft, there will be guys uh, available. So we need to just pick our 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 spot carefully and and get a guy that that really fits what we're looking for. Uh, who, who's your first guy? Yeah, yeah. Let's get into these draft guys a little bit. Um, before I get into my first guy for this week, I want to start by saying this: just looking at this class as a whole. Jack Campbell is the best linebacker. Uh, Jack Campbell from Iowa is the best linebacker in this class. In my opinion, it's not even particularly close. And there is a sizable, sizable gap between Campbell and whoever else is going to be the next pick um, down the line in terms of any linebacker rankings. I would absolutely love for the Jets to get him. He's very, very likely to be a top 50 pick. He very well should be a top 50 pick. And he's just going to go too high for the Jets to have any interest in, which is a shame. But I would be not be able to have this linebacker episode if I didn't mention Jack Campbell was linebacker one uh, unquestioned in my eyes. That's not even not even worth discussing anybody else for that top spot. I really think it's Campbell and Campbell alone. Looking further down the board, there are a handful of guys in the middle rounds, maybe around fourth or fifth round that I think could be nice options for the Jets. First and foremost, this is a guy I brought up before, and, and I'm gonna be gonna be honest, Matt. I really, really tried to look through this class and look through the guys that we were scouting for and find somebody else that I could highlight today that I like as much as a guy I've already talked before. And I couldn't, and I'm sorry, Owen Papo at Auburn is just my dude. Like I, I really, really like this guy. I love his speed. He was tied for the fastest linebacker at the combine and 40 yard dashes with a four, three, nine absolutely shows up on tape. can absolutely match that speed. And Crack ball carriers down the field can play sideline to sideline is pretty solid in coverage. I'd like to see him be a little more instinctual there, maybe be a little more nuanced, uh, a little more technically sound, but the athleticism and the awareness is absolutely there to be a, a good player in coverage. I love his ability coming downhill. I love the the fearlessness that he plays with where he's smaller. He's only about six foot two, 20 to 30 ish, you know, not the biggest dude in the world, but absolutely plays Hair on fire, reckless, throws his body around, doesn't care about taking on blocks. And I don't, you're small, but you play SEC football and you're able to hold up against the run in the SEC, then you can probably hold up in the NFL too. I like this dude a lot. Yeah, I, I like him too. I, I like a guy that plays with his hair on fire. I like a guy that plays with edge. Uh, the only knock I have against him is that he's not that disciplined uh, and he kind of takes some reckless angles. Uh, but you know what? That that is completely fixable. And in the end, you want an aggressive guy. You'd rather take a guy that's over aggressive and hone him, hone hone his skills, so that he's able to dial it, dial in, and really hit his targets where he wants, than to take a guy that has no like edge at all and try to make him into a monster. You know what? Give me the monster, and I'll, and I, I trust our coaches to train him. Uh, so yeah, I like him a lot. 
Yeah, I agree with that completely. We talked about this when we were talking about safeties and the difference between Antonio Johnson and Brian Branch and Brian Branch being very controlled, very calculated, you know, always in the right spot when he has to be, but doesn't always have that that aggression to just take somebody on or come downhill at full speed or when you're going to unless he's getting a clean shot on a slot receiver on a screen or something, he's not going to have the the opportunities to really lay somebody out. And Antonio Johnson was the opposite, where it was, I'm flying full speed every single play, and I might overrun some things, and I might miss some tackles as a result, but I'm going to give it 100% every time I have an opportunity, and it doesn't matter if I you know, flew four yards in the air for off a block to play before, I'm going to come right back for more. Papo's that same way. And the thing with Papo that, that gives me hope for him, really, uh, that really makes me think that he can survive and be a force in the NFL for being a smaller player and for being somebody that really primarily wins with speed, he's a lot better at getting off blocks when he needs to. Now, if he gets a 6'6 six, six offensive tackle with good length on him that gets a grip, it's going to be hard for him to get off of it. But he's solid at not just avoiding blocks or not giving space for a blocker to get hands on or being agile and shifty and ducking out of the way, but he's got some uh, some strength and some pop to him. And that when he hits, he hits with ferocity. And that includes taking on blocks where a lot of times he'll take on a block and it'll just the shock caused by him taking that block on bounce the blocker off of him, give him space to get off and go make a play. And I really, really like that about him. I'm I was trying to think in my head, you know, going through today, like I said, I was looking through all these other guys and I was trying to find someone that was better. And I saw a bunch of smaller linebackers that are all small, that play fast, that you know, cover sideline to sideline and, and fit what the Jets look for in that speedy, smaller linebacker mold. But none of them were were as good between the tackles as Papo. None of them were as able to diagnose if they were better at taking on blocks. They were late to react. If they were quick to react, it was, you know, they weren't able to get off the block. If they were quick to react and get off the block, it would be they were too aggressive and they would take the wrong gap. There was always something. And I kept going back to Papo where it's just, there's a baseline of a really, really good 4-3 linebacker here where his floor, I think, is is solid NFL starter, possibly rotational piece starter fringe value. And his ceiling is a, a high, high level outsider inside linebacker in a 4-3. I'm a huge, huge fan of this guy. I really think he's the perfect sort of fit for this defense and what they want to do and how they want to play. And uh, it's a match made in heaven in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, right now I have a, a fourth round grade on him, uh, so that kind of fits perfectly. <laughs> if we're looking for a guy to to just uh, sit and develop for a, a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. and we don't want to spend uh, a second round pick on 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 a guy, uh, then you know what, pow, can really just step right in and be that guy. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm I would definitely be looking for him in that area. Yeah, I would as well. Uh, I have about I have a high three on him. Uh, I know that I'm I'm higher on him than a lot of other people being with a high third round grade. But if he's there in the fourth, I think it would be a steal. And I think the value is absolutely there to match. I'd be all for it. Matt, who you got up first? All right. I have DeMarvian Ovishone from Texas. Uh, this guy is just a very well put together linebacker. He actually used to be a safety uh, and it really shows with his uh, ability and coverage. You can just see how comfortable he is when he drops into zone, how fluidly his body moves with the eyes of the quarterback and his feel for receivers around him. And he usually has really good instincts and will jump routes left and right. 
Uh, he knows when he needs to get depth, and he will take it. And he will be making plays uh, all the way down the field. Uh, and he, he's just very instinctual. Uh, and when he needs to, to lay the wood, he can do that too. He is a missile. As soon as he locks in and he needs to put his closing speed on display, he can do that. And he will. He was known for that as a blitzer. He, he, you can see him just blowing up uh, the quarterback with, with decisive uh, and, and powerful hits. Uh, he's a guy that has a great motor. Uh, we're talking about guys with motors. Overshone is a guy with a great one. Uh, and he plays with an edge as well. So, yes, yeah, so let's, let's just stay on, on, on theme here with guys that will put their everything into every play uh, that will put the fear of God into people when they get moving and will lay the wood. He's very, he's got a, a, a great wingspan. Uh, he's able to make tackles away from his frame. Uh, I like him a lot. He's got very good athleticism. I believe he scored pretty well in, uh, he got a good RAS score. He had elite uh, speed grades uh, and great explosion grades. He ran a 4.5640. He had a 1.55 uh, 10-yard split. Uh, so he's got some speed, too. He's, he's not just a, a thumper. Uh, and that, that, that safety experience, I think, will do him wonders in coverage. Uh, so I can see a lot of potential in him. Uh, but of course, with that kind of potential, you're going to probably see him go a little higher uh, than a guy like Papau. So I have a late second round pick, early third round pick for him. Uh, so if we do get him, it's probably going to be if we trade back uh, and get some more picks, uh, then I can maybe see us uh, taking a look at Overstone. But right now he's squarely in my radar as a guy I want to target if he falls in our lap. Yeah, you're not alone in that thinking. Uh, Overshone is the one player that I can say confidently the Jets have met with more than anybody else in this class. They, they met with him at the Combine more than once. They've scheduled a 30 visit with him. They were reportedly uh, interested in talking with his agent before that. They have been all over uh, DeMarvian Overshone. Uh, in this process, getting a feel for him, getting a feel for who he is personally, getting to know him even more so. Uh, clearly, they're interested in the tape. Clearly, they're interested in the player, and it's not hard to see why. He he really fits their Mike linebacker mold more than anything of that about 6'3", 240 with good speed. He's not quite that heavy, but he's definitely got enough speed to match. Um, I really like him from the sense that he's really good, or he's at least good like solid in pretty much every area and that he's fine taking on blocks. I wouldn't say he's amazing at it, but he can do it. He doesn't get washed down the line or, or taken, you know, swallowed up in the center of the field by guards or anything like that. He's able to get off and make plays. He's got good sideline to sideline speed. Um, like you said, four, five, six, 40, no problems there. Chasing ball carriers down former safety has some uh, coverage experience and that shows up on tape as well. He usually isn't out of a play too often. He usually isn't in the you know wrong position. He knows where receivers are going to go. He knows how to position his body. He's solid coming downhill. Uh, you know, he's got a good blitzer uh, acumen to him where if he needs to rush, he can rush. He's got some pressure on quarterbacks, um, delayed blitzes as well. There's a lot of positives here with Overshone. I'm, I'm a little held back because I was looking to see the elite. And you know me, Matt, I'm always looking for the elite traits. Uh, I'm always trying to find 
what about this guy is elite? What is their calling card? What what do they have physically that makes them special? And Overshown, I just didn't quite see anything outright jumping out to me as elite physical talent. Honestly, his four, five, six is a really, really, really good time for him because on tape, I thought he was slower. Mm. Uh, yeah, on he did tape, look a tad slower. Yeah, on tape, I would say that he wasn't quite up to that mid four, five. I would probably put him at a low to mid four, six. Not that that can't play. Not that that's a, a deal breaker or anything even close to it. But I, I want to see a little more. I want to see a little bit more of the aggression and the recklessness when he's not already in the trash taking people on like i want to see that that light come on okay there's the ball carriers to the sideline now i gotta charge full speed and i gotta run as hard as i can to get out there i want to see a little bit more of that uh on top of just the i'm gonna be aggressive and take this block on but there's a lot of positives there there's a really good floor uh of a player this is a guy that i would feel comfortable playing as a rookie if need be i don't think he would have any issues with that yeah i agree i think he could step right in and, and play a decent uh, rotational role. Uh, but you were saying how you maybe see him more as a Mike uh, option. And we were talking about Sherwood and how he's probably our, our next uh, Mike option. So if we do go and, and, and take him and, and they look at him the same way we do, uh, then that's also a, a very uh, bad sign for a guy that we like in Sherwood. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, and we we're talking about how Papau uh, really did what he was able to do against the SEC. I think one of Overstone's best games this year was against Alabama. Uh, so he he did not shy away uh, against the talent of Alabama. He really showed up to play, uh, and he, he didn't. There was very little drop off of any than the way he played against the lesser talent uh, of the Big Twelve. So. This is a guy that he's got lots of talent. Yeah, you're not going to see the elite uh, traits, uh, but he's so well-rounded and so consistent that I, I, I just can't pass up on consistent guys that are that well-rounded in so many different areas. Yeah, and I don't blame you at all. Uh, and we've talked on this show before, uh, going through this position series, where that's something I need to work on. And I need to work on valuing the guys that are the jack of all trades that are positives in every area more than I probably should. And that in my head, I just go, okay, they're really good. They're, you know, don't have any glaring weaknesses, but they don't have anything elite. And so it's just kind of like a, a middle of the road feeling for me. And I really should do a better job of recognizing those type of players and boosting them because there's something to be said about a guy that you can trust to handle any role. Yeah, that's true. And reliability is the name of the game uh but you know what elite traits speak volumes as well they do they do and that's why i value them um to go completely against the grain and to go completely the other way towards a guy that would be on the lower end of the elite trait spectrum um i'm going to talk about ivan pace jr from cincinnati for a little bit uh former miami of ohio transfers just played his last year as cincinnati uh for a senior season this past year and I'm pretty sure it was the AAC Defensive Player of the Year as a result in his one year of uh, major Division One, not quite Power Five, but transferred to Cincinnati in the AAC. He got his uh, Defensive Player of the Year hardware. Five foot ten, two hundred and thirty pounds for Ivan Pace. So bowling ball, short, squatty, uh, 
stout doesn't have long arms either only about 30 and a quarter inch arms so he's losing in the length aspect as well but man dude doesn't care dude dude doesn't (laughs) dude doesn't care what his size is dude doesn't care what his arm length is he's going to take on blocks with an absolute ferocity that you would not expect from somebody his size i was really really impressed with ivan pace for just the 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 way that he like it's hard to fully describe some guys that you they say they play at 100 miles an hour every play and, and and they'll show flashes of it. Ivan Pace, like, I think the dude sleeps running like mm-hmm. I, I don't even I don't even know if he stops because even pre snap, he's constantly shuffling. He's constantly moving his feet. He's making sure he's in the right gap. He's getting a read. He's keeping himself, you know, fluid and moving. And then at the snap, it's just a ball of energy. And he's shuffling and bouncing all over the place. He was probably the best guy that I watched over the last couple of days going through these linebackers, getting ready for the show, where it's a really, really crucial skill for all linebackers to have. And not everyone can do it. And this is why I value athleticism so much, especially at linebacker, because you have to cover so much ground as a linebacker and because you have to cover so much of the field without knowing where you're going to have to go at any given time. You have to be fluid, you have to be agile, and you have to have the speed to move laterally, side to side, and up and down, down the field, just as well as anybody else. You have to be able to go that flow, sideline to sideline idea. Yes, there's that. I'm looking for the guys that, if you're a, a linebacker coach, you'll understand there's a, a, it's a box where people say you got nine safeties in the box, or nine players in the box, and the box is loaded. What they mean is the whip from... The hash marks on the inside of the field, width of the offensive line, up through about the linebacker depth, and you have that cluster of just everybody uh, in a given formation. Linebackers have to be able to shuffle and stay fluid and agile and be ready to close a gap within that box. And, And Ivan Pace is really, really good at being able to shuffle and read gaps and go corner to corner and box to box and and end to end on the line of scrimmage and track down ball carriers without being out of position where this is the the thing that's really tough is if you're a linebacker and you don't have super elite speed or super elite agility then you're going to have to be running full speed to keep up with that gap where if you're flowing to your right if it looks like it's a you know a pitch play and it ends up being a counter or reverse and now you got to turn around and come back and flow to your left most linebackers are going to have to go full speed and fully charge out and sell out to, to keep up. Ivan Pace can shuffle and make it. He can just keep his feet square. He can keep his shoulders square, shuffle to the right, watch that pitch play, and now it's going to come back the other way, and I'm going to move my feet the other way. And he's able to just flow in a, in a really, really positive way that I think gives him an ability to be a tackling machine where he's not going to be the guy that's going to be making a ton of penetration. He's not the greatest at getting off blocks, especially at his size. He can get swallowed up a little bit, but you give him a lane and you give him a gap to be responsible for, and he's going to make sure that that gap is shut down, and he's going to make sure that that running back goes down. There's, I don't know how high to grade him, because I, I, I like the, the physical aspect. I like the play style. I like the mentality. I, like, I love the effort. I love the toughness. I, I love the the energy and the motor that that is quite literally running red hot every single play. But 510, 230 is a tough ask in the NFL. And for the jet scheme in particular, where if he was 510, 230, and you're going to tell me he's going to be a 3-4 inside linebacker, maybe I could believe it. 
three, four inside linebacker. You're not having to take on too many blocks. You're not having to go head first, you know, and take on offensive linemen. You have your, your three down front, your two, five techniques and your nose tackle. Those are the guys that are drawing the blocks. They're two gapping. They're dealing with the trash and you're just supposed to be free and run through the free lanes as a linebacker. I think Ivan Pace could do that just fine. And a four, three defense like the jets run, there isn't the the defensive line is penetrating. They're not necessarily trying to hold gaps. They're not necessarily trying to to keep offensive linemen in place and let the linebackers come through. They're trying to get into the backfield themselves. They're trying to penetrate. They're trying to make somebody miss and not worry about giving up their gap. They're trying to get to the ball carriers quickly as they can. And Ivan Pace would then have to fill behind and take on offensive linemen. And I just don't know how he's going to handle taking on offensive linemen that consistently in the NFL to where it's giving me a little bit of a pause of how he fits for the jets where I, I like the player. I think there's a good player here. I think he could be a good fit, but I would love to see he he's a guy that I think really, really would benefit from a year or two in the system learning and really focusing on, okay, all I like, these are the type of blocks that I'm going to have to take on in space. These are the guys that are going to give me issues. This is where I can focus because if he can clean that up, I think you have a starting linebacker. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. A, a hard grade for me because he shows so much heart and so much motor that you just know that wherever he winds up, he's going to be a fan favorite. He's going to be a team favorite. This is a leader. Uh, th- this guy is going to transform uh, a linebacker room just with his energy alone. I, I love him. I remember the in the Senior Bowl, uh, there was one play where he blows up uh, Osai Ter- Terrence and sends him on his back. And for a guy that's 5'10", 230, to really just have that, that blowback power uh, is very impressive. He he reminds me of like a, a pinball bumper that once you hit once he hits it's just like bump and you, you get you you feel that that power and that strength and he's he's just a guy that I I just love watching play so when it comes down to where do I see him landing uh it's it's really hard because I feel like some team is going to take a chance on him a lot earlier than when people might have him graded. Like right now, I have a fourth round grade on him, but I could very much see a team being like, hey, you know what? There's nobody else in the third round or later that has this heart, that has this strength, that has the ability that he has. So I'm going to take that chance on him despite his size restrictions. And you know what? I could see that happening. But if he does end up dropping a little bit because of those restrictions, I would love to have him. Yeah, no, I really would too. I think he could be a a really solid, like I said, guy that comes in and, and learns and grows with the system and hones his weaknesses. I think he could be a really solid starter. Um, I have my pro comp for him, Matt, and mm. it's I, I like the cop, but I'm a little worried that it's a little too high of uh, a bar to be putting on him because I think there's a a key difference in length that that makes that gives pace a bit of a disadvantage. He reminds me of Denzel Perryman. Hmm. Okay. That same sort of like size where Perryman's like 5'11 barely, 236, uh pace being 5'10 and a half, I believe, 231. 
the difference is pace is like 30 and a quarter inch arms and Denzel Perryman has like 32 and seven eighth inch arms. So you have another handful of inches of length that really help Perryman disengage from blocks and be able to keep himself clean that pace doesn't have. And I think that's what makes it a little tough is where that's the sort of player. If everything goes well, I think that's who pace can be, but he's also going to have to make up for that lack of length and that lack of size. And I'm not, and I need to see him do it in the NFL first before I can guarantee and say, yes, he's capable and he'll be fine. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we just have to wait and see. Uh, it, he's a guy that I definitely am keeping my eyes on. And if he starts to drop down that board, uh, I'm getting a little antsy if, if, we're, if he's still around when we come to pick again in the fourth. No, I don't blame you at all. I, I would not blame you at all for that whatsoever. All right, let's talk about your last guy here before we get on out of here. All right. We got past the Servastier Dennis from Pittsburgh. Uh, this is a, another guy that's uh, uh, around six foot, uh, about 225. Uh, and he's, uh, he's just a gnat on the field. Everywhere you look, you'll see him running to the ball. Uh, I love guys that just like swarm. That no matter where the ball goes, no matter what happens with the play, you're going to see this guy making an effort to, to get the guy down. Uh, as a blitzer, he's uh, very athletic. You can see him shooting around uh, corners, using some bend uh, to, to get sacked. Uh, and he's, that, that athleticism helps. He's able to make tackles away from his body. Uh, he, does a, he has some all right length that uh, allows him to do a, a good job of stacking and shedding. Uh, he does an all right job dropping in the cover. So he's got, he's not, he's going to be kind of average in a lot of places. Uh, but at the same time for a late round guy, if he goes in the fifth or sixth round uh, or even later, the, as, even as a undrafted free agent, if he doesn't go drafted, uh, this is the kind of guy that you can bring in and he will quietly make a name for himself. Uh, and will kind of like a guy that I that I see in Tony Adams, that uh, uh, our our safety, how he just quietly does everything he needs to do, and is just uh, he's a gnat when when the ball is is in somebody's hands, he swarms, and I see a lot of that in in Dennis. Uh, I think that with a little time, uh, he could definitely be a fill-in for Quan. Uh, as uh, an outside linebacker. Yeah, I think so too, Matt. I think I might be higher on him than you are. Where, where do you have him? Right now I have a fifth round, early fifth round grade. He's a, he's a late third for me. Ooh, he's like okay, a, wow. he's like a late third, early four. I'm, I don't, I don't want to steal a guy that you were highlighting and go, and go too hard <laughs> for him right here, but watching him this morning, um, my my take is get this guy to a linebacker coach that puts a leash on him a little bit and you have a quality start. Like yeah. I'm I I love this dude's talent. For for six foot, two hundred and twenty-six, again, lighter than you would hope, doesn't seem to stop him much. Where I saw Alvin uh, Ivan Pace definitely had the effort and had the opportunity where a couple of times he had the strength to get off the blocks, but I still saw when he would get really swallowed and one-on-one and the guy just was able to get a clean block on him that that Ivan Pace would disappear. Dennis, I didn't see that much. I didn't see nearly as much of that. I saw a guy that was getting off blocks that 
has great length at 32 and 7 uh, eighth inch arms that allow him to continue to disengage and keep himself free. The like we were talking about with Papo and we were talking about Overshone, the guys that just play reckless with their hairs on fire. Holy hell, he's another one. He's he's right up there with him where if it's I'm not sure if Ivan Pace sleeps at night and, and he's just running instead of sleeping. He's probably racing Servassier Dennis while he's doing it <laughs> because the two of them are, are both just freaks of nature in that regard in that they go 110 miles an hour every single time. I really, really liked his ability to be aware of the entire field where there was a handful of times where he called out plays before they happened and he couldn't be the guy to get there, but he was tipping out his opponent and there was, um, Oh, who were they playing? He was playing West Virginia. West Virginia ran uh, a, a running back screen to the opposite side away from him. And he read it and saw it coming and called out the screen and, and was there. and was able to shut it down for a short game because his teammates were aware of the screen that he called out. I like the recognition. He's made some solid plays and coverage. It's it's very close. He's been like he's allowed some completions, but he's really, really close to the guy. He just missed the swat. It's not like he's horrendously out of position. It's not like he was getting boxed out. It was it was tight, tight completions that he was giving up. My issue with him is that he is so fast to trigger downhill. He is so fast to to come down and take on a, uh, an offensive lineman and try and get into the backfield that it leads to a lot of missed gaps. It leads to him taking on the wrong gap and opening a lane for a running back to then go, cut through. And here's Dennis trying to make this big play tackle for loss and being a little too aggressive and coming downhill too fast and not making sure he's staying gap sound. And it leads to a big play. That's my big negative for him. I think you can fix that. I think that just takes time. I think that just takes coaching. I think that's something where you get this guy into an NFL program. You let him learn from somebody like a CJ Mosley, even if it's for a year or a Quan Alexander or anybody else. And I really think that that's something that can iron itself out. But like we keep talking about, Matt, you can't teach the aggression. You can't teach the, the fearlessness. You can't teach the recklessness. You can't teach that, that dog mentality that I don't care that I'm six foot two, 26, and you're a, a six foot five, 310 pound offensive lineman. I'm running through you. Stop me. That you cannot teach. Dennis absolutely has it. I'm, I was not expecting to like him as much as I did. I was not that I was expecting to dislike him, but, you know, I hadn't heard much buzz. I've seen, you know, mid round linebackers just kind of been the, the consensus on him for a while. And, and he's definitely a mid round linebacker. But I was I was really blown away by the athlete. I, I was blown away by the by the tenacity in the person. And I think that there's there's a, a, a potential here to have a starting linebacker. And if he goes. If he goes undrafted, holy crap, that is a gigantic steal. Oh, yeah. And we were talking about how Overshone ran a uh, four or five, mid four or fives, uh, but he looked a little slower. I think Servasier uh, ran a four, six, three, four, six, four, something like that. But he looked a lot faster than that. Yeah. On uh, tape, he's faster than Overshone. That, that closing speed of his is, is very impressive. Uh, so yeah, it, it kind of just uh, tails in with what you're saying about the guy that plays on fire and that aggression and that edge. Uh, and yeah, I would take that 10 out of 10 times. Uh, it, right now he's getting pretty much zero talk. Uh, so it, it, I can see him maybe getting a, 
some some late uh, talks before the draft. Uh, but right now, like he's kind of in no man's land. I, 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 so even though I have a high fifth on him, I could definitely see him going earlier to to people that see what we see. Uh, but as of right now, I think he's sitting comfortably in the fourth or fifth round range. Yeah, that's probably where he's going to end up going in the actual draft. I agree with you that I think there could be a team that that falls in love with him, a linebacker coach that believes in him, that thinks he could turn him into something. I absolutely could see that as well. But I think in general, the idea is he's probably going to be a fourth or a fifth round pick. And I think he's the perfect guy in the fourth or the fifth round that you take, that you let be your depth early, that you let learn from some of these more veteran experienced linebackers that we have. And you give him a chance to take over in the future. I, I would be Dervasier Dennis in the fifth round would be an A plus pick for me. Yeah, for me as well. All right. Well, I think that does it for this week. Appreciate you guys tuning in and stopping by. We got one more position to round out as we close things out next week. Make sure you're staying tuned for that. The draft is just a few short weeks away at the end of April. Still waiting on an Aaron Rodgers trade. Still waiting to see. What, if any, 2023 capital was given up? Still waiting to see if Odell Beckham joins the show. Still a lot to talk about. Make sure you guys stop by. Matt, you know what to do. Uh, Matt, you can find me at Zazija. And you can find me at Andrew Golden underscore 17. And you can also follow the show at OKD Podcast. Appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll be back real, real soon. Bye-bye.